Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Uh, Some interesting new research uh, on the so-called ethical eating movement. Is this a trend that's exclusive to the wealthy? And is that something we should be concerned about? Uh, Certainly, I'm not caught up in this whole trend of eating local or organic food. I'm not really sure what the benefit of that is. So I'm not sure that this is necessarily a problem if that's not accessible to lower-income Canadians. Is there accessibility to healthy food is the question. I don't know what's wrong with shopping at the supermarket. Here's the story uh, from the Globe and Mail. It says, the benefits of buying so-called ethical food at farmers' markets and organic grocers often comes at the expense of equal access. Study highlights a paradox within the ethical eating movement. While eating local or organic food is often touted as superior from a health, environmental, or ethical perspective, such foods are often only available in Canada to the wealthy, with limited access to those living on lower or even middle incomes. The report finds a number of barriers that exist to prevent lower-income individuals from accessing these foods, reasons that often expand beyond higher prices. Such barriers range from social stigma... The idea that customers with lower incomes may not feel they belong in exclusive places to practical ones such as geography. I want to explore this a little bit more. Joining us on the line is uh, Kelly Hodgson's researcher at the University of Guelph, co-author of this study. Kelly, thanks for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Hi, great to be here. Okay, so when we talk about the ethical food movement or the ethical eating movement, are we able to, to quantify what that entails? Yeah, so I guess um, I, I sort of term this sort of al- these alternative food uh, networks have been um, arising in sort of the past 20 years as consumers have become more concerned or aware of shortcomings or limitations of the conventional food system. So um, they're looking so they're looking for ways to reduce negative environmental or social impacts associated with this sort of large scale. Uh, liberalized food systems. So they're looking, so alternative or or sort of ethical um, food uh, markets are sort of in pursuit of regional food self-sufficiency or trying to build community-rooted, sustainable, or ecologically sensitive farming systems in communities. So that might be that might be organic. It might be local. It might be um, prioritizing animal welfare, grass-fed, whatever. All kinds of different sort of labels um, fall under this umbrella, depending right. on the consumers' preferences. Well, maybe it's not surprising then that that would be more expensive. I, I think having globalized trades has actually made a, a lot of what what we buy at the supermarket more affordable. Uh, so shouldn't that be the the bigger factor in, in whether or not lower-income Canadians have access to, to healthy food. Absolutely. You're not wrong there at all. So um, the reason that we looked at this, though, was to sort of really um, try to understand the stratification in access to nutritious food um, in, in general in Canada. So, so we looked at sort of the, the most elite food um, and, and, the, and the consumers facing 
highest levels of food insecurity and said, okay, like, look at this discrepancy. And, and that was the reason not to advocate for everyone having wanting or necessarily needing to be shopping at farmer's markets and spending their Sunday, Sunday afternoons browsing for $5 bunches of kale, not at all, but rather to sort of highlight the, the social stratification that does exist in, in Canada when it comes to access to nutritious food. And how does that exist? How does that exist? Or how does that manifest so, itself? Oh, I see. Um, so effectively, what we see is sort of a, a three-tiered food system in Canada. When when we cause, so so Rob, often when we when we when we look at a food system, we think of it as in terms of like farm to fork in sort of a a linear progression. Mm-hmm. But what we did with this is sort of took a social lens to to looking at the food system and said, if if we look at it in terms of access or um, or, nutri- or yeah, access to nutritious food, we're looking at it sort of a, a hierarchy and, and that falls in, in class lines. So in the middle, we've got sort of the conventional food system, like you were discussing earlier, regular supermarkets there that most people can, can, can access. But beneath that, we've got a whole segment of the population who's relegated to accessing food through emergency or charity food provisioning schemes, which often is the worst quality nutrition-wise. But then on top of all of this, this third tier at the top is sort of this emerging alternative food system where we're getting sort of these ethical um, uh, associations with food that that I described earlier. So it's an interesting sort of um, tiering or or hierarchy in in food access when we look at the Canadian food system like that. Just look at the the ability of people to to grow their own food and what Mm -hmm. the, the cost entailed with that might be. Of course. So growing your own food is absolutely, I advocate, I would advocate for that. Um, but of course, not, not every Canadian is, has the luxury of time or space to, to do that. And so, um, I guess the, the main thing that we really wanted to, that we really figured from this research was that, um, there are kind of three keys to a healthy food system. And, and in Canada, we pride ourselves on having, you know, a developed wealthy nation. We should be able to assure all three of these things. And one is environmental sustainability. Um, one is farmer livelihoods or, and, or sort of a thriving agricultural, um, economy. And the third is food security for all Canadians. And I think that it's not too much of a big ask to, to, um, to hope that we could have all three of those things operating at in, in tandem, um, or at the same time in Canada. So, but, but what we've found in this research is that, um, generally we, in pursuing sort of farmer livelihood security, uh, it might come at the expense of consumer food security, or if we're trying to, if we're trying to assure good prices for farmers, hard earned, uh, products at the same time as them growing in an environmentally sustainable way, sometimes that food then is not accessible to a lot of Canadians because of price. So, so there's always something missing in this equation, and we want to be able to assure all three things are, are met. Okay, well, then what's the problem we need to solve in this country? The, the problem is, is, is that, uh, we, that we haven't found a way of, of assuring all three of these things. So farmer livelihood security, consumer food security, and environmental sustainability. How do we make sure that our, our food system is healthy and functioning in a manner that all of those three things are upheld? And I think we really have a great opportunity right now as the Canadian government is opening up dialogue and asking for the for Canadians to weigh in on a national food policy. We've never had a national food policy before, but I think this is our window of opportunity for um, 
to, to sort of work towards getting to a, a future food system in Canada that can uphold all three of these principles. All right. Interesting stuff. Kelly, uh, we'll leave it there. Appreciate it. Make some time for us here today. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, Thanks so much. Guys. Enjoy your afternoon. You too. Bye. Kelly Hodgson's researcher at the University of Guelph, co-author of this study. Um, I don't know. <laughs> It doesn't surprise me that uh, food markets or maybe even some of these stores that specialize in uh, so-called organic or local food, yeah, it's going to be more expensive. Maybe in part because people who sell this stuff know that they're targeting trendy yuppie types who have money. I think we should be worried, though, about sending the message to lower-income Canadians that uh, you're missing out on something important here. The rich have access to to something that you need and you don't have access to. Uh, if the rich want to spend their money on on this, uh, you know, these costly and artificially inflated uh, prices on these on these products, then well, I guess let them let them go at it. Uh, but I'm not sure that this necessarily represents a problem for lower middle income Canadians. And we hear a lot of stories about, uh, you know, what's on the grocery store shelves in terms of, well, beef prices are up this year or, you know, Danielle was talking about pork prices, bacon prices up this year. Sure. So market forces do drive uh, uh, the prices on a lot of goods and, and sometimes those prices go up. Uh, but I think by and large, the amount of choice we have available uh, on a grocery store shelves, the ability to get all kinds of different produce uh, at all kinds of different times of year is a real benefit. Uh, and I think it certainly expanded the purchasing power of uh, the lower income scales when it comes to being able to to afford uh, good quality groceries. So that's how I would see it. Uh, but they see maybe this as, as something that needs to be addressed. Where do you come down? 403-974-TALK is our number, 974-8255. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.